kids, we don't want to be talking about that because Karen will get mad at us. Yeah, we can't talk about something that my mom will get mad at me about like that. But no, we never would, do that. Never do that. And I never hear about it like 15 seconds after <laughs> I post the episode. Because apparently she listens to them like the sec. Honestly, I think my mom's like, I think she's got an issue with the podcast, man. Because like we posted the Endgame episode and like I was talking to my sister and she's like, oh, yeah, mom's listening to your podcast. I'm like, I posted that like 15 minutes ago and she shouldn't be listening to it. <laughs> Because there was spoilers for Endgame, like <laughs> she hasn't she hasn't seen it. And she never she doesn't go to the theater to see movies. That just doesn't happen. Like oh, no, that's okay. Like my family is actually my geek of the week this week. I have a I have a rant about my family. Oh, so yeah? we're gonna well, yeah. And we finally heard from uh, from Christy for the first time in a while this week, who apparently spoiled herself on purpose for Endgame. What the fuck, Christy? I am baffled, like utterly baffled by Christy's behavior. I'm glad she's not on the podcast anymore. I'm just gonna come up. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, if that's how she's going to do shit, like, I'm glad. It's, it's, I'm glad it's over. You know? Like, go with God. I love you, Christy. I'm sure you're going to listen to this one and just be like, what the fuck? Yeah, is exactly. This will be the one that she listens to because we, like, she'll feel like somebody's walking over her grave right now. Yeah. Cause we just, like, have to trash her, like, hard, hard, hard. But, like, yeah, no. And the best is, like, my favorite part about Christy this week. I'm sorry we're off on a tangent before we even introduce ourselves, dear listeners, but, like, we'll get to you in a second. But my favorite part of that whole conversation is Christy being like, you could have just like told me to be on an episode after, you know, blatantly telling us like, I'm way too busy to be doing episodes all the time. So I'm going to go. Can you replace me with Paul? But like, I'm supposed to know that she had time that week to do the end game review. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I don't know how to. All right. So, I mean, at this point, welcome back, beautiful listeners. <laughs> We've got a fun little side trip for you this week. I mean, assuming you're a Trekkie and like listening to a, very overly invested nerd work himself <laughs> into fits watching Leonard Nimoy work those eyebrows. But regardless, a primer almost. It is kind of a primer. We're getting we're we're, we're pumping you up for next week. But regardless, this is Dance Robot Dance episode 145. I'm Mark. I'll be hosting this week. And uh, thanks to scheduling insanity, having a co-host in Korea and another one in Atlanta makes for scheduling nightmares. I just want everybody to know. Like while we're especially when the one in Atlanta is constantly traveling for work, it seems especially when he's, you know, the <laughs> douchebag who's always traveling for work. Yeah, it definitely is a problem. But I'm obviously joined by Tim from beautiful Atlanta, Georgia this week. Live long and prosper listeners and not Paul. So like the long story of all this is like I wanted to do. I was like, we're going to do discovery this week. So like we're doing discovery. And I said that on the episode last week, we're going to do discovery. Well, I lied. But surprise. Yeah. So I had this fucking even worse. I had an even worse idea to be like, hey, you know how Discovery went back and like kind of touched on the cage and the menagerie and stuff like that? Why don't well, we go back? Which are the same thing. Which are basically the same thing. <laughs> but I mean, one's got Shatner and one doesn't. So like we got to get some Shatner in here. You know what I mean? And, and one's got a little bit more flirty Pike than the other. Yeah. And the other one also Spock is suddenly real concerned about the ladies. I mean, that's when we got a shout out for sure. But we decided to go back and like, we're going to, oh, I had the horrible idea of going back and like, why don't we go back and watch the menagerie in the cage and get some context for Captain Pike before we dive into season two of Discovery. So that's what we're going to do this week. Uh, Tim and I watched the menagerie. I don't know if you did. You, what did you watch? Because I watched. I watched both. both. Yeah. Okay, I watched cool. the cage and uh, and both parts of the menagerie. Which is basically the same shit. But, you know, Just when you get. Frame. Just a little bit of thing. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Right. You get a and little bit of when you get redone effects that look way fucking better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I'm actually, uh, we could talk about the, the upgrade, uh, we'll a get little there. bit because we kind of were like, I was in the Netflix, like flipping through the episodes and like we were talking about it. We'll get into it in the episode, but like the difference between watching that pilot and then like flipping forward into the menagerie where they've obviously remastered it. And it's like, holy shit. 
Like they did a nice job remastering it. Cause if you see them side by side, it's nightmarish going back to that first one. But anyway, <laughs> let's get to the news. I didn't find a ton of news at first. And then Tim posted a bunch of stuff on the, our Facebook group. The first one, there's two super sad things this week. First, we lost John Singleton this week, director of Oh yeah. Poison the Hood and Shaft. I didn't know he directed Shaft, but like apparently he directed Shaft. But like really he directed Boys in the Hood and Higher he Learning. Was only like fifty four or something like that. Fifty one, uh died of a stroke. Holy shit. Yeah, on the twenty ninth. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at the yeah, article. Ended, right up, now. ended up on life support and then finally pulled the plug on him a yeah. little while after. Yeah, but like I mean he obviously incredibly influential filmmaker, like made tons of stuff. I didn't even know he made Too Fast, Too Furious. Like he directed that movie. I didn't oh, yeah. no idea he was involved in that <laughs> franchise at all. But like, well, I know like Boys in the Hood, he was like fucking twenty four or some shit yeah, when he made Boys were, in the Hood. Like that's they were, crazy. They were babies when they made that movie. Yeah, and like oh, yeah. it's like that movie's fantastic. Like super holds up real well. Yeah. So like that's a sad loss, especially because like so young he was still making stuff. Like he had like he just put something out in two thousand fourteen. I think he was working on TV a lot. Yeah, he's been working on this show Snowfall the last couple oh. of years. So. Yeah, so he's been like super busy. So like super sad and like obviously a long history in the business. Speaking of long histories in the business, we lost a person like just today was announced, basically. Yep. Just like an hour before recording this. Yeah. So uh, I didn't even know about it until we like I sat down in front of my computer to like load all this nonsense up. But uh, Peter Mayhew, star of Star Wars, Chewbacca, passed away at 74. Um, I'm going to read the article while Tim talks about why he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he, he was always like a really big... Uh, part of Star Wars fandom. He was one of the people, even when there weren't movies coming out, that would still show up at like the conventions and stuff. And, you know, he would show up at smaller conventions where, you know, maybe like Mark Hamill and, and fucking like well, Harrison Ford never did like cons and stuff like that for Star Wars, really, unless he was getting paid out the ass for it. So, yeah, he was, I think, one of those real fandom touchstones for Star Wars fans to the point where he even played it in played Chewbacca, I think to some extent in force awakens as well was the last one where he had some, some involvement in and yep, he will be sorely missed for sure by star Wars fans everywhere. And who's not a star Wars fan to some degree. Yeah, exactly. Like I met him at fan expo one year just cause he was there. Cause he was there every year. He loved that. Yeah. I think he just liked conventions, like doing that scene was like fun for him at that point. Like he got yeah. to be famous for a day or a couple days, right? Like, yeah, he was famous for his fandom canes as well, because, because of his stature, you know, he was like seven, seven foot something. He ended up having, you know, some mobility issues and stuff like that. And so he would have like uh, canes that looked like lightsabers and shit like that, which yeah. I always got a kick out of. Yeah. It says here, first of all, seven foot two underwent spinal surgery last year, but it doesn't actually list a cause of death yet. I mean, maybe we'll find out eventually, but it was just his family announced that he had passed. So yeah, um, that sucks. And it's sad. We'll miss you, Chewie. We'll see yes. you, you know, out there at some point. No. All right. There it is. Tim is in mourning. See, in my franchise, when a warrior dies, we start screaming. We don't want to do that in the mics. So. <laughs> you'll, you'll get uh, complaints from the neighbors. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, especially like we live in a like, semi-detached house. I think they just had a new baby. I don't like want to be screaming. <laughs> Doing Klingon death screams, you know, yeah. at yeah. You know, 821 on a Thursday night or whatever the fuck it is. We'll get to those next week. Yeah. Oh, boy. We're going to I might have to do one of those on the fucking episode next week just to get through the episode because <laughs> I have thoughts. Either way, we'll just move through the news real quick. So basically, Endgame has made all the money possible. Every money Endgame yeah. is making it now. There is an awesome article on io9 this week. And obviously, we shout out io9 all the time. We use them for basically as our main news source. 
weekly. Um, I think Tim and I, basically, that's where we pull most of our news from. Pretty much. Awesome article this week on, uh, it's audacious, it's called, It's Audacious That Avengers Endgame Even Exists. And it's a cool little, like, think piece about, like, how kind of mind-bending it is that, like, we got to sit down in a movie theater and, like, con- like with no context whatsoever, watch, like, Iron Man just do shit. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. no... We're so far. No, no, like previously on <laughs> on the Avengers exactly, or anything like right? that. Like we're so far <laughs> down the rabbit hole that they're like, "Hey, here's the kid from Iron Man three that you haven't seen in like 15 years," and like somebody's going to remember who that fucker is. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's where we're at with this stuff now. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it just means they turned what we do as fans <laughs> and just like made more of us, kind of thing. I did get to pull that out in a conversation with somebody this week. Phrasing. Uh, <laughs> I was taking a sip, man. I was drinking. So like, I'm sorry, you know. But but yeah, there was somebody that I was discussing end End Game, and he's like, "Yeah, do you know who that guy was in the back of the funeral?" I was like, "Kid from Iron Man 3 and They're like, "Oh, okay," which I would not have known if Mark hadn't told me. So, <laughs> and uh, I I'm happy that I got to pull that out on you guys last week. So like that was the very nice racing again. Again, exactly. <laughs> you have to pull that out on your brother. I'm always pulling stuff out on you guys though. Hey man, if that just makes it weirder, you know, I'm in I'm into it. That's that's fun. Well, we're we're deep into Game of Thrones right now, so I think I think that's acceptable at this point. Oh man. Remember the theory? The theory. I do. The one do. The theory that should have won that night. Anyway. <laughs> the one theory to rule them all. Exactly. Actually, it was the one theory that night. Speaking of Marvel's tendrils, I don't know. I, there was a better segue in there. I I fucked that one up, but <laughs> I'd Wait, is that a tentacle porn reference? Because hey, Christy's listening. Hey, you know, if Christy's listening, tentacle porn, don't let Nana listen to the podcast, I guess. Like we no. care anymore? No, I mean, yeah, tentacle rape, just tentacle <laughs> rape. Ah, ten- anyway, Marvel has two more fucking shows coming to Hulu. First of all, yeah, they do. They're doing a Ghost Rider show with the actor who apparently. Sorry, I'm not sure this is alleged at this point, but like the reports say so far that it's going to be the actor who played him on Shield. Um, I've heard good things about that. Never actually watched it because fuck that show. And fuck this show too, because there's no way I'm going to watch extra stuff. Although, actually, you know what, <laughs> Ghost Rider, I might check out the pilot of that. Just, just. Cause it's a ghost rider show. Like where do we, how far down the road are we? You know, there's a ghost yeah. rider show. It's about to happen. Yeah. And it, it's not even Johnny blaze. It's fucking Robbie Ray's. Yes. Yeah, like, exactly. Right. It's like the other guy. <laughs> so like, I don't know, like we are, we are way down the rabbit hole now. I don't yeah. know. People keep saying all this stuff's going to like end. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> we have a ghost rider show with like the second ghost rider. I think it's like, yeah. this shit's here to stay. Yeah. That ghost rider series. I mean, that was a, it was an interesting little arc in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It didn't really fit in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I mean, presumably they were just kind of doing it as a backdoor pilot, and here we go. Yeah. But uh, that the actor that played him was cool, and they did a really good job, especially for TV, on the uh, Ghost Rider effects, the flame skull, flame skull and everything, yeah. and so... And the bike and the chains. So. The, uh, the YouTube uh, supercut of him doing badass shit that I watched definitely looked really good. So I'll give them that much. Like, yeah. It looked really cool. Um, the other show is going to be Marvel's Hellstrom, which is who? Hellstrom, trust me, this is like a weird fucking poll. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, like we're down the rabbit hole now, I think. So if you're not immediately recognizing that, it, like you're not an insane deep cut Marvel fan or haven't read the io9 article like I did earlier, boom. It's based on the character Damon Hellstrom, otherwise known as the son of Satan who made his first appearance in Ghost Rider back in 1973. So it looks like this version of the story will center around Damon and his sister Anna, who are children of a mysterious and powerful serial killer. Whether that means Satan or some other kind of demon, or just your standard mass murderer, only time will tell. So apparently this is going to be like, this is going to be like their horror offerings now. So Hellstrom and Ghost Rider will be kind of like the dark 
side of the Marvel Universe, I guess. Okay. Unfortunately, the dark side of the Marvel Universe we actually want is just never going to come back. So I miss you, Charlie Cox, <laughs> wherever you are. Yeah, well, that those ones, there's, they're not, there's still possibility. Nobody's said not, you know, they're never coming back or anything. So. Uh, I mean, there's wishful thinking. It would be nice, but like, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Moving all along, speaking of things that like I'd never thought were going to happen or like probably didn't need to happen, but like here we are because everybody's got to have their own streaming service. This is Disney Plus. They're bringing back Willow and like no shit, like Warwick Davis is attached and like everybody's coming back to do this. I don't know how they're going to handle Fat Val Kilmer, but if Avengers can do Fat Thor, spoilers, sorry, but like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, they can only come up with so many like little person roles in star Wars, for <laughs> Davis, even though they keep trying to cram him in there. So he's going to have to have some, he's got to have an amazing fucking contract with Disney. Oh, is all I'm shit. saying here. Cause they keep fucking finding shit for him to do in one Disney franchise oh, or God, another. I think they should just like buy star Trek so they could put him in the, like stuff on there too. Right. Cause you need a short person to do alien roles on yeah. that too. Well, there's already that, uh, what is it? Oh, uh, Meeker, uh, or whatever his little, name was. I can never remember what they call that character because like has no basis in continuity. Yeah, his, his little engineering yeah. buddy. Uh, I think it's Meek or Bleak or just, I don't know what. I'll have to look it up. Isn't Meek the the dude for, or the 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 little insect is, guy I, from? I just watched Ragnarok, Ragnarok the other day. That's probably why I got it stuck in my head. Actually, that's a good pull. <laughs> good call, Tim. Uh, good call. <laughs> so yeah, so I just like they're just adding series to this like. I'm not interested in this at all, but I mean, Game of Thrones is ending. I'm sure somebody nope. out there is going to be like, hey, this will be my Game of Thrones replacement. Not me, obviously, because like I seriously doubt Disney Plus's Willow is going to have as much uh, tits and sabotage as the Game of Thrones that I like. So, uh, <laughs> man, I can't wait to talk. About well, we can talk about it real quick because like I did want to bring up the like minor controversy that happened this week with the dark episode of Game of Thrones. So, like, uh, there was a lot of, like, bitching and moaning about the fact that the stream uh, was super dark last week. I don't disagree. I watched the stream on, the like, the Canadian mirror of the stream, obviously, up here. And it was, like, basically, like, I can't see anything of what's going on. I knew exactly what happened, obviously. Like, Tim and I were talking about it almost, like, that night, I think. Were we not? Like, were we not? We were online basically that day or the next day. Yeah, that, that day or maybe Yeah, chatting about day. it. And I was like, it, they just mastered it, like, for Blu-ray and decide they put it up on a fucking real media stream basically and then yeah of course it's gonna look like shit because it's compressed that's what happens yeah it got compressed yeah. to hell and then lost all yeah, color and every, there's four hundred thousand people trying to fucking watch it because it's game of thrones on like first stream right so yeah I, I will say that the the version that i ended up <laughs> watching which was available about 15 minutes after the episode dropped was pristine and 1080p and i had no issues watching it whatsoever so definitely was the the media yeah, yeah the version that i watched like right after so that i could you know see what was going on definitely was not the problem like it was definitely not the episode that was the problem it was definitely like the stream that was causing an issue but uh i just like i just find it yeah. hilarious and it's part of my geek of the week too is just like people are for a world that is so fascinated with all this technology people just do not fucking understand it like i don't want to go into like the big rant but like fuck me guys like this shit's not going away. You should probably learn how a computer works. You know what I mean? Like it's twenty fucking nineteen. Like yeah. Oh, I can't see my Game of Thrones. What's going on? Uh, 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 uh. No, I I don't know how to change the fucking oh, brightness setting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, just wait till everybody else stop. All right. Anyway, stupid, stupid. You're all yeah. dumb. 
I'm sorry. That being said, the episode yeah, was fucking amazing. And the Battle of Winterfell was insane. And we will have an episode covering this season of Game of Thrones shortly when the finale airs. And like, yeah, uh, three weeks, we're having a watch party, which we will be having. So we're doing the day at the Renaissance Festival before that. So we're going to get all like immersed in fake medieval <laughs> fantasy kind of thing. And then and day drink for like six hours and then come home and have people over f- to yell at the screen for the finale. I, on the other hand, am probably just going to get really fucking stoned like I have every other time the Game of Thrones come <laughs> on and go sit in my basement and watch it on my big giant TV uh, and enjoy every second of it. So that's what I'm going to do. And then we'll podcast about it. Like that's where the real money is going to be. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I've been enjoying the season a lot. It's been a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting like having that conversation too. Actually, Click Game Bowl. Game, fuck me, man. The hype is real. Like, Click Game Bowl is coming. Guys. <laughs> like, that's it now. They've killed the Night King. All we have left is Click Game Bowl. I don't give a shit. Spoilers. About <laughs> fuck it. If you if you're not watching, we spoil everything. Spoil everything, right? And I'm yeah. sure somebody's pissed at me now for spoiling that. But like, come on. Come on. By the time this is up, it will probably have been a week before since the episode came out. Roughly. I think that's a reasonable amount of time. I agree, but I'm not everybody, you know. And I've seen all this shit, so like I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no Click Game Bowl is like that's gotta be coming up soon. That's gonna be fucking awesome. So two episodes straight. Oh yeah. Just like a fucking two hour long fight. <laughs> hundred and hundred and eighty minutes of Clagane Bowl. Just like these these two three hundred pound hosses just like fucking wailing on each other for two hours. Yeah. I mean, like oh I would watch it. I would watch it. Last thing. So we were talking, I don't know if this came up with us or if it came up at home or something like that, but we were talking about Captain Jack and Torchwood this week. And oddly enough, apparently Captain Jack's next audio adventure is gonna have him kind of turning into one of the doctors at some point. This is not something we usually cover, but like, I just like, I really love John Barrowman and he's actually doing the voiceover and stuff like that for all this stuff is one of those BBC audio yeah. adventures, which I guess he does lots of, but this is one where he's actually like yeah. getting to play a doctor. So I'm like, that's kind of neat for like the Captain Jack character to get kind of bumped into that weird way. It's too bad they wouldn't use him on the show again because heaven forbid yeah. we get into that character again. I mean, weird, obviously. I very much, yeah, I very much wish. Like, I do understand, like, that is very much tied to the tenant era at this point, but uh, I wouldn't mind, you know, maybe not for forever, but for like an episode, episode yeah. you know, just like a two episode arc or something like that to have, have Captain Jack back. Yeah. Or I would fucking, I'd take more Torchwood any day of the oh, week. That well, maybe not that last season. That last oh. season was pretty fucking bad, but like the one before it That's was true. like basically one of the best sci-fi seasons I've ever seen. Yeah. And maybe as we get weirdly more granular uh, as the show goes on, we'll talk about Torchwood at some point. Cause it is something that like, it would be kind of cool to, like no, who else is going to like take the time to like, deep dive in yeah. on it, kind of thing, and like look back at it. Um, it would be fun yeah. for it to do something like that because that was a weird, weird show and a weird time for the Doctor Who franchise too. Having that other show running like that was kind of a strange. thing. Well, there was there was like four shows at at one time because yeah. there was that there was uh, I mean the main show there was the Sarah Jane Chronicles and fucking K Nine. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but I always found the other spinoffs were like Kitty, whereas like Torchwood was like yeah. super adult, like super adult which yeah. is kind of weird in yeah. that universe, but it was cool to see. It was kind of like getting to deep space nine when you were in star Trek and seeing that kind of dark side of everything. And you're like, Oh, that's cool. Like this is like the weird side of how all that universe kind of works. Cause you always see like the yeah. shiny Starfleet side of stuff, but, or you're always with the doctor. So you yeah. always get that like facade of power. Cause you're with him. Whereas like with Torchwood, it was like, mm. Oh shit, this is really skeezy. And there's weird date rape alien things that are happening in the first episode. And it was, it was a weird show, like a weird show. So, I'm all for more yep. Torchwood. I think they should do more, but I'm 
you know, that's just me. It's yeah. uh me peak of the week time. We haven't done this in a while, feels like. So Oh no, no, no. We're not getting away without talking about that fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh trailer. shit, you know what? I put it in here too. I don't know why I skipped it. Oh, because I put the that thing is a fucking uh, nightmare. <laughs> I wish Paul was here because I know he'd have like a better <laughs> but, Yeah. Holy shit. To the point where they've are the <laughs> the fucking backlash has already caused the director to say, It's all right, I'm gonna fix it. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna change Sonic's design. I understand he looks like a fucking I don't know. I don't even know. He just looks so bad. Uh, I didn't reckon and like <laughs> I didn't recognize him as Sonic when I first saw it. Like I remember when they put the poster up, I was like, what the fuck's that supposed to be? Like blue. And then like I noticed I like, said Sonic. And like nothing about it, like the branding or anything, even remotely kind of like hints towards the old like no. 90s style, like Genesis. Like, if you're gonna do this movie, like make it look like Sonic 2, motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like the one that everybody remembers, at least that the one that I remember, kind of thing. It's Sonic and Tails. Well, yeah, one of like that that in that era, that Genesis era of those games, like but that yeah. was, yeah. So, like yeah. get get into that stuff, but like, what the fuck was that? And then Jim Carrey, this what looks like fucking bad taxidermy is what it looks like. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not. <laughs> and yeah, Jim Jim Carrey fucking as Robotnik just looks like a f- absolute mess. Oh as my well. god. Uh, yeah, they got to stop letting him play supervillains. Like I don't know who because. I mean, I understand. Yeah, we're not the fucking target oh, no. audience for this yeah. movie, but like people our age that have kids fucking are and no person our age that played these games growing up is going to take their kid to this fucking nightmare. No, no, no. And that's the thing, right? Like you, the, the best that they're hoping for is that, right? Like people like us who are like sadly have kids and like are going to take them to see this movie. Like what are they going to yeah. see? It's like that sounds it sounds horrific to me. And the trailer looked fucking horrible. I feel so bad. You know who I feel bad for in all of this? James Marsters. That motherfucker. What? Can't win. No, is it Marsters? Marsden. Which one is in there? Marsden. Marsden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. James Mar- Mar- Marsters. Marsters is Spike, Spike. Right, right. I think. Marsden. Yeah. James Marsden. I feel sorry for him because, like, guy, he can't fucking pick a script. Like, he just can't fucking win. You know, like, he was in those X Men movies and they treated him like dog shit. He was the hero in a Superman movie, but he didn't play Superman movie. So, like, didn't play Superman. I, I, I'm, I'm sure he's laughing all the oh, way to the fuck, fucking. Yeah, I'm bank. sure. Like, I, I bet. Like, yeah, I'm sure he's doing fine. But it's just like it's really funny to see the guy who, like, you would think because he would have been a good Cyclops if they'd used him properly, or like actually probably wouldn't have been a bad Superman if they'd used him as Superman. But like, they just don't. He just never gets the shot to be like the guy, and I always felt bad for him for that. And he loses his girl to Wolverine. Yeah. So there was another bit of news I thought you'd be excited by. Did you see that? Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who did Into the Spider-Verse, are being given a whole like TV universe of Into the Spider-Verse or Spider-Verse generally TV shows. Yeah, I would make. be excited about that if Marvel had any actual involvement in it. And like I'm all for Lord and Miller having like that kind of access to stuff, but like I just wish Sony would fucking give it up and like sell the shit back to yeah. Marvel. Really. But I mean, that sounds awesome. And like, they did such a fucking awesome job on Spider-Verse that I'm going to, I'm definitely on board for this thing, whatever it ends up being. I, there wasn't a lot of information, which is kind of why I glazed over it. Yeah, it is Super very early. preliminary. It is exciting. But like right now, I'm just kind of like, I'm too close to far from home to give a shit about an animated series that might happen in three years. And assuming these guys don't get yeah. bored or some deal with Sony fucking falls apart, which come on, like, you know, the days end in Y, right? Like, every day so (laughs) yeah fair enough and then the only other thing uh that i wanted to quickly touch on although i haven't watched it i've heard a lot about it in the sort of 
online horror circles that I move in and Santa Clarita Diet, the Netflix zombie comedy with Drew Barrymore. And Timothy Oliphant. Don't discount the Oliphant. And Timmy Oliphant. Fantastic, my friend. Do not discount him. Yeah. Got canceled. So it's had three seasons and it will not be getting a four season. It's one that I've had like on my, in my Netflix queue, like for ages, but just haven't got around to watching it because there's been other stuff that's just took priority. But uh, it is something I think I might still take a look at at some point because I've heard great things about it. I've heard it's hilarious. I've heard good things about it too. And as I'm a fan of Timothy Oliphant, so like I kind of wanted to like watch it, but I just haven't, I just can't commit to a show. Like just can't commit to a show right now. So yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I don't, like, I, it looks good. I, I was hoping I would get a chance to watch it. Hopefully they get to wrap it up properly. And it's a nice like three season thing. We don't get a Deadwood situation, which, by the way, movie yeah. started shooting. <laughs> Boom. Oh, yeah. Nice. So like that's coming soon. All the HBO, pre- you're probably not seeing them because of how you're watching Game of Thrones. But the uh, all the HBO promos, basically, it's like, hey, Game of Thrones is ending. But like, and we know it's sad. We got all these other shows that are great. Yeah. Great. Don't cancel our service. Great yet. urban dramas. And we know you're going to cancel the service because you don't care about this Meryl Streep lady show, like Meryl, that whatever that Weezer with the Spoon Meryl Streep show is. Looks really interesting, <laughs> but not like Game of Thrones fans interesting kind of thing. But in yeah. the middle of all that, it's like Deadwood the movie. And it's like, well, I guess I'm keeping yeah. my fucking HBO service until at least that happens. So, yeah. No, and fucking Watchmen. That's that's what I'm on board yeah. for next from uh, from HBO for yeah, sure. Watchmen and uh, that Deadwood movie are both high on my list of priorities. I'm sad because like I'm losing a lot of TV this year with thrones leaving uh veeps also ending and something else just ended like supernatural's coming up on this end obviously arrow's only getting one more yeah, season i Mark. stopped watching arrow like two years ago so <laughs> like, <laughs> that doesn't really count like if they cancel like legends of tomorrow i'd be like well that, that's that honks me off and we're still waiting to hear, hear yeah. about orville's on the bubble oddly enough um, even though having like a really good critical year this year they're still kind of fox is foxing you know doing its fox thing so, yeah there's that but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the next segment, and then we can get on with the show. Well, the next segment is our Geek of the Week. Lonely stings are the best sting. Yeah, I know. Lonely Mark's so hard right now. Just yeah, turgid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a turgidity, absolutely. So why don't you share with us your Geek of the Week this week? Uh, my Geek of the Week is actually. Uh, almost two weeks ago at this point, but we skipped it last week, but this one was a good one. So I wanted to hold on to it. So when my uh, family was in town, my sister and her husband who uh, are pretty big walking dead fans wanted to go down to Sonoya where they film all this stuff now and check out some of the stuff down there, you know, shops and you know places where they film and that kind of thing. And they actually found out that just a few months ago in like December, um, the actual studio that uh, which is called Riverwood Studios opened up for tours, which they hadn't been doing previously. Like you could walk around the town in the area with like other people, like other that were putting on tours and stuff like that. But this is actually like officially the production team or like, you know, the production itself. So we went down and did that. You get to actually like tour the actual sets that they filmed on and shit like that and like walk through them. So uh, I know Mark has not been watching Walking Dead in a while, but for any of our listeners that have, we got to, well, you know the comics well enough. Yeah. We got to walk around Alexandria. Oh, cool. Which, where people fucking live, which I didn't know. Oh, right. Like, not all of the houses, but there's maybe a dozen or so houses inside that walled area that are actually, like, people live there. And when they film, 
you have to like put your car in the garage and like uh and like they'll come and set dress your house and everything and it'd be fucking yeah. weird to like wake up every morning like when they're shooting and like come outside like get the paper and shit like that and somebody fucking <laughs> yells at you to get offset first of all yeah and the second of all you look at your house and it's like a zombie apocalypse happened and you're like all right it's tuesday right like those fuckers from Washington. yeah exactly <laughs> i don't actually yeah. have to worry about like somebody undead coming at me like that would be like i would every time i'd be like i'd be like is it real this time or is it <laughs> from that show still like yeah so and what else we get to tour we got to tour the heaps which are not in the comics or only in the tv show but it's like that junkyard where what's her name jadis and her people were uh living and the set for the hilltop is still there we couldn't see that because they were getting it ready for filming season 10 we did get to see the fucking sanctuary season which 10, is really yeah. cool that's still yeah fuck my, that's crazy yeah, we so we uh, we got to walk through the sanctuary and shit like that, which is not as big as it looks on TV. Like they, there's only like the first couple of floors of it, and then they'd like just digitally insert the rest of it yeah. and stuff like that. It was still really cool though. And uh, Oceanside, we got to tour as well, so it was pretty fucking neat. Yeah. Oh, and they took us on a tour of the clearing where uh, Negan smashes Glenn's fucking brains in and shit. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Actually, that's very yeah. cool. Yeah. It was really neat. So it's definitely something I recommend any uh, Walking Dead fan come down and do. And then after that, we uh, went and had lunch at uh, Nick and Norman's, which is Norman Reedus and Greg Nicotero's restaurant in downtown Sonoya. It's actually pretty good. Nice. Nice. So for me, Geek of the Week this week, it's been like the last couple of weeks I've been working on this thing. And like, preface <laughs> it, are you the tech support for your family? I guess because you're in Atlanta, it's probably yeah. more difficult. I'm not as much. Yeah, my brother-in-law has kind of taken over that role now since I'm far away. But I do still have like remote access set up yeah. for on my parents' computers so that if they did need it, I could go on. But yeah, I'm similarly equipped like with my parents and stuff like that. Like I can access their stuff from here and all that kind of stuff in case something goes wrong. But, like my whole family basically relies on me like I'm HBO or Netflix because they're like, oh, new movies. Mark can get them. And it's been going on for years, like years and years and years. And like the only reason I still have an optical drive on my hard on my computer is because so you can burn shit. So I can burn shit. I haven't burned a disc for myself in like like six years, seven years. Like since I since I moved up yeah. here, I haven't burned like I've been networked all like crazy. Since like three and four terabyte drives became, you know, basically feasible to buy. Yeah. Well it was between that and like networked PlayStations that can like do media serving, like network yeah. like that totally changed everything for me like when i think it was about the 360 was the first one that you could view the network like media server of the network and i was like holy shit well wow, this is gonna change a lot of shit and it did like it basically <laughs> changed the way i watch tv so like i stopped burning discs like who the fuck burns a disc anymore but like st Catharines, <laughs> man you know <laughs> so like my cousin i guess so i burn my burn stuff for my aunts and my uncles and all that kind of stuff all the time and like i don't expect them to be like hey buy a roku box or something like that because they're in their 60s and like not expected to like i'm not expecting them to understand this shit but i like have cousins <laughs> who are like my age and younger and they're like hey can you burn a shit how do you do that and i'm like what the fuck you're like younger than me and i should not be explaining to you how to do this kind of stuff let me google that for yeah. you so what i did my cousin and i love my cousin to death he's our age exactly our age the same age as us but for some somehow is a fucking luddite like you would think he was a mennonite like he just cannot handle computers <laughs> right but I guess he was bitching because I'd given my aunt like Aquaman and like into the spider verse. And he's like, Mark never gets me fucking movies. I never see him, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, all right, you know what? You bitchy bastard. And I, he might listen to this. I know, he, I know he's subscribed to the podcast. So if you're listening to this, John, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I, I bought a two terabyte hard drive 
I took every movie he could possibly want, ran it through fucking handbrake so that it would guaranteed to work on PlayStation 4 because he just bought his kid a PlayStation 4. The other reason that I know that is because I get a Fortnite invitation every six minutes when the kid's online every day. <laughs> Come play with me. Yeah, basically, right? So I get that. <laughs> but I so I'm like two terabytes of hard drive space and I just put every movie I can think of. Like any movie you and I would want to watch or that like he would bitch about me having not gotten for him converted yeah into this hard drive works on his his kids playstation 4 stop complaining but then i'm like <laughs> and the whole reason i'm doing this is so that i just don't have to buy any more fucking discs so that's my geek of the week is that i've been spending like a week just collating fucking movies and bullshit for my luddite <laughs> niagara region family because they refuse to like figure out how to use a computer or you know torrent client or god forbid windows i don't know anything that involves technology so yeah i've been like my laptop's been like basically locked away all week just doing transcodes one day three hours left on my last batch yay and then Jesus. yeah well i'm doing like high def blu-ray rips like over and every four yeah, yeah. so they take forever um i should probably cut that out because i'm gonna be like this is where they ding me for piracy finally like, we listen to your podcast yeah, exactly. where you explained your entire thing with the hard drive <laughs> delivery you didn't say where you're getting them from say that didn't say torrent client four times now <laughs> but either way yeah so that's that that's my geek of the week was just like just dealing with my family's weird like inability to deal with the 21st century so that's my geek. yeah what's what's the wi-fi password oh, geez, don't even same same thing as all it's always been. started on wi-fi stuff like i don't even want to talk about like getting them set up for, like my cousin's internet like he put that router and got his internet service when he moved into that house in 2003 he's not upgraded it since like it's still like the same like five meg <laughs> line he's like no it's high speed well, he's gonna, I'm like, no. Yeah, he's going to have no trouble streaming high def oh, yeah. over his he was, network. He was like, hey, hey, can we just like download these things? I'm like, on your connection, it's going to take eight days. But yeah, you can. <laughs> sure. One movie, eight days. Absolutely on your connection. But you can do it. Yeah. Just leave your machine on forever. That's fine. <laughs> like it's 1990, I guess, six or something like that. No, when was Napster? Eight-ish? No, that was uh, no, that was like 2000. I thought we were still in high school when that shit happened. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It happened like towards the end of our high school. So maybe like 99. 99. Fair enough. Either way, yeah. you know, like at least then it was like leaving it on overnight to download one song. Like that was embarrassing. But like, uh, anyway. Yeah. All right. So that was my geek of the week. I'm just frustrated because I'm like, just get your own fucking movies. You know what I mean? Like I get my own. Movies. Tim gets his own <laughs> movies. Paul gets his own movies. I'm like, I don't have to worry about my like podcast crew, but like my family and shit. Like, hey, did you get so-and-so? I'm like, half the, and the worst part is they're like, hey, did you get like, like this weekend? Hey, did you get Endgame already? And I'm like, yeah. But first of all, fuck you. Go see it in theaters. Second of all, I'm not giving you a garbage, <laughs> not Blu-ray rip. So you're not watching the fucking camera. The only person who's allowed to watch the camera is me because I paid to see this movie four times already. So yeah. fuck you. <laughs> You've seen it four fucking times. I still haven't said I had my second. I need I'm to. I'm unemployed, though. man. I got a lot of time on my hands. And like, Fair also, enough. I really like the Avengers, Tim. Like, a lot. A no. Lot. Yeah. So, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so stuff like that. I'm just like, all right, I'm done. I can't. You know what? I can't be burning discs for you guys anymore. It's 2019. I need that SATA support for an extra hard drive now. You know, like I need that. Yeah. Like I can't have some useless optical drive taking up a SATA port. There's only eight in my machine. I need hard drives. Anyway, it's uh, meat of the episode time. I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> time for our meat of the episode. Illusory radiation damaged meat. It is all those things and more. So before we start, because we're going to talk about Star Trek, I am over the goddamn moon right now. 
but I'm going to apologize in advance. The boys are super indulging me with these two episodes. We've been doing this podcast for, uh, at last check, 145 episodes. We've done exactly one Star Trek episode. That shit, that shit will not stand anymore. We, no. <laughs> uh, we are two years into a fucking new Star Trek series, and we haven't even talked about it yet. I am upset. Mostly because we'd been trying to fucking desperately get Christy to listen to, or let to watch that. it. Yeah, but I mean, we even had a movie come out. Like Beyond came out, and we just ignored it. I mean, like I went and saw it because I love Star Trek. But like everybody, I, I, I know we never reviewed it because nobody else went and saw it. This is back. No, we didn't do. It this was back when like we had like nine people on the podcast too, and like it was generally impossible <laughs> to get everybody to agree on anything, which is hard enough with yeah. two people or three people. Let alone, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let alone five, five or, six or whatever. Or like, hey, have you guys seen Star Trek Beyond? Fuck that. Like, well, I guess that we're, nobody's going to talk about that on this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so like, and obviously this is super frustrating to me because I'm a diehard fucking Trekkie. So like, I'm always wanting to like try and do stuff with the franchise, especially in terms of the podcast. And yeah, uh, Christy, if you're still listening to this, you fucked up my entire plan for all of this stuff uh, for years. So again, <laughs> uh, I'm super glad you're not on the podcast then. and now Chrissy's never (laughs) she'll be back she'll be back she loves us she misses us she said so herself (laughs) but either way with Tim's horrific vacation planning timing and uh Paul's you know being in Korea we had to push out our discovery week by a week I'm sure you're all very Uh, I'm sure everybody's super sad to not hear us rant about how weird discovery ended up being and then the hateful (laughs) thing that Paul's gonna probably do because like I know that's coming too because uh, I initially my plan for this episode was to get him to watch the Menagerie in the Cage because I wanted to see if I could push him over the edge. He's going to listen to this and know. Um, but he was checked out and was like, no. And Tim was like, I'll totally do that. And I was like, you know what? I, I don't know why I asked Paul. Tim's always good for this kind of shit. Let's do it with Tim. Yep. Yeah. So we watched the Cage from the which is the original pilot of the original series, and then we also watched the Menagerie, which is kind of that original episode cut in so that they could use it in the real original series, like the Captain Kirk one that everybody kind of knows. So let's get started, I guess. Um, so the first episode that we watched, and it's like the reason we're doing this, obviously, is so that next week when we're talking about Discovery, there's some context for some of the stuff that we're probably going to talk about. Yes, because for anybody that has not watched Discovery yet, one, you should watch yes. it before next week. And two, Christopher Pike, the original cap- captain of the Enterprise, is very heavily featured in season two. It is very much. And that is he a fucking he is a fucking cast regular. Uh, yeah, he's basically like the captain of the crew for that year, for the whole year, yeah. which is uh, different from first season where they had like three different captains, it felt like, over the course of the year. Um, yeah. Basically, you get Pike all year um, right from the start. So, yeah, we watched both episodes. I was going to start kind of with the cage and just like talk about like the difference in like where we are and like what they were doing then and like the weird beta version of Star Trek that the cage kind of is. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I'm fascinated by the cage. And, like, it was it's one of those ep- episodes of the show that was kind of hard to come by up until, like, modern, like, Blu-ray releases and stuff like that came, like, into prominence. They didn't show it as part of the regular run of 79 episodes when I was growing up, at least. I remember seeing it later, um, probably on the Blu-ray or, like, on the DVDs kind of thing. Like, do you remember seeing it beforehand? Um, I see the first time that i sat down and watched the original series i don't have blu-rays or anything or dvds of the original series so the first time i I would have been just watching it off like tv and stuff like that the first time i probably would have been would have watched it would be when i like downloaded the whole series on BitTorrent basically to watch it before it was available on any like streaming platforms or anything like that so this is probably and I, i think i've only watched through 
like I've seen a lot of original series just piecemeal here and there from shit like re-airing on TNT and whatever back in the day. But uh, that that is the only I've only watched it through like, you know, one episode at a time kind of thing in order. Not that there's much in the way of continuity. No. <laughs> uh, one time total. Okay. Uh, so there's some episodes I've probably only watched once. Um, so this, I'm pretty sure, would have been the only, only the second time I would have seen The Cage. Okay, cool. Because I was going to ask, like, what your history with, like, the franchise was. I mean, we've talked about this before, but you would have to go back to, like, I think it was episode 14 or something like that. Real early, yeah. Yeah, like when Christy and Tim and I spoke about Star Trek kind of very broadly. And we discovered that uh, I really don't like Voyager. And Christy... <laughs> going to use that fact for the next hundred episodes. <laughs> Indeed. But yeah. Yeah. I, so I was going to ask like what, like it had, how you have watched like the original series, like what your history with it was. Cause like, I know growing up, like it was one of those shows that like dad would put on and I thought was cheesy as fuck for some reason up until it clicked with me. And then I couldn't get enough of it. And it was probably around the time I was getting into like TNG was airing. And I remember dad yeah. putting me down to watch TNG. And me getting into it. And that was probably when it clicked a little bit more. And he was like, you remember that other show? Like the one that you thought was dumb? Like, it's the same stuff. And like, when I sat down and kind of like started watching it, I, I got into it more as a kid. I found when I got older is when I really started to enjoy it. It's probably the Star Trek that I will go back to the most often and just watch random episodes from. Because they're so mm-hmm. nice and self-contained. And they're fun. And you don't have to sit there and have like a huge morale. Like, you don't get that deep hard heavy morality kind of tale that you would get like in the next gen episode or yeah some of them have that but they just you know these are 50 plus years old at this point so you know even if it is a heavy morality thing it's something that today we would just take as given yeah. and it's you know we're looking at it more as a curiosity than we are as like oh my god they're talking about things that really happen you know this is this is a total microcosm of whatever this social issue is kind of thing yeah absolutely so like, I don't know. It's so it's just that it's that show to me where like, I mean, I love next gen and like deep space we've talked about and we'll probably talk about now that we're able to do these kind of more granular little looks at stuff. We can pick stuff up and like grab the way of the warrior two parter and just like watch that episode and talk about it kind of thing. And maybe we'll do that going forward. But for this week, yeah, we did these two episodes. So like, what did you think, man? Because like you're obviously not like as diehard a Trekkie as I am, I guess. I think out of everybody on the podcast, I'm the insane Trek fan. <laughs> I mean, I was a huge Trek fan like high school. If you go back to that episode, you can hear very embarrassing stories about me in high school oh, that's right. uh, involving that's uh, Next Generation. But it's never, it's not one that has, I don't know if it's, it's still stuck with me, but it's just not like my primary geekery. Like when I was in high school, I like, I would probably say it was one of like Next Generation was one of the things I was most into. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, this episode is like, it's classic Trek. It's Trek in a bottle kind of thing. Like it's got a lot of the stuff that would come to be just hallmarks of the series later. You know, it's a classic Trek scenario. It's high concept. Uh, You get like people using like brains over brawn, but you also get like stupid fucking cheesy fighting with terrible choreography. And and like, yeah. Uh, for some reason, I like, I really like, it's just like the quick thing, like that, that bounce out when they go to like Rigel or whatever, and they're like in a medieval nightmare world. Yeah. I'm like, why, why would this start? Why would the Enterprise stop there? Like, it doesn't make any fun. <laughs> but okay, you know, I'm, I'm cool with yeah. like, cause this is like, it's, it's, I think Star Trek, it codified so many of the tropes that we associate with like sci fi television and stuff like that. 
that it's it's hard to almost disassociate all of that knowledge, like all of those 50 years of Star Trek, like to the point where we're like, we've looped back around to this stuff, right? Like, and we're touching it in discovery yeah. to go way back through all that continuity and having no one knowing all that continuity and going back to the original and being like, wow, they were just making all of this shit up. And it was basically like Buck Rogers on TV kind of thing, like the X, Y's and stuff. So I think it's really interesting to watch that show codify, like even that, even then inside that episode, codify a bunch of stuff that you'd be like, yeah, that's basically like Star Trek 101. Like it's a hundred percent, like yeah. it's like 90% the chrysalis form of Star Trek, like 90% there kind of thing. That being said, it has its fucking like piloty, terrible bullshit too. Like absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the effects, especially on the un- unremastered. So the cage version that is on Netflix, at least, is like original, completely mm-hmm. untouched. Holy shit! There's some bad fucking effects Do in you there. Not love for uh, that. Like I kind of just enjoy it because of that. Like that the the people. Oh. I cringe. I physically cringed at that tracking shot into oh, the yeah, bridge yeah. right at the start of the cage where it's like rotoscoped in or whatever. And I was like, oh, I mean, like, generally, I think it would have been actually, you know what it probably was? This like, this is me guessing because it's back in the day, but it, it's probably like um, it's like an early chroma key kind of effect where they would have chroma out maybe the, yeah. um, of the bridge yeah. and then like done the crane shot in and tried to match the angle with the model shot and then like you know what I mean? They did a terrible job, obviously. That shot, which yeah. it's funny though, because they use that shot. That sh- the the transition from outside of the ship into the ship, they use it constantly throughout the franchise now. Well, and they they redid it for the remaster in of the Menagerie, and it looks yeah. way better in that than, than it does yeah. well, originally. Well, you can see they skew it too, right? Like they actually perspective did a little bit, so it actually doesn't look like a flat yeah. image and stuff. Like they they've tricked it a little bit. It looks a little bit better. It's not like it's perfect or anything. Yeah. But that's one thing that I always associate with with Star Trek in terms of some of the other older sci-fi franchises that haven't aged as well is that usually it works really well within the limitations, technical limitations of the of whatever time they're yeah. making it. That was just that was just one example where it really didn't. But there is a lot of stuff in here that if I'd seen in 1965 or whatever the pilot was made, would have been like, what the fuck? This yeah, is amazing. Because sure. like I, I was I remember the first thing I noticed when I was sitting there watching the episode, they send them to beam down to Talos and they spend like a long time on that transporter shot. Whereas if you move into the yeah. into the franchise, it becomes rote, like it becomes part of the language of the show, right? So when they're like, "Hey, we're gonna go beam down," half the time they don't even fucking cut to it. They're like, Riker gets on the turbo lift and fucking beams down, and like they don't show any of it anymore. Yeah, but like they're so yeah. amped up about it, on especially in the pilots, the first time you're ever gonna see this effect that you sit on that frame for like a minute, and it like they slowly beam out yeah. and then slowly beam back in, and I'm like, "Wow, man, we just lost two minutes and fucking film." <laughs> to that effect but awesome <laughs> well and that it's like people would have been just fucking enraptured by that right like even me looking at it i was like okay that's impressive for when this was made yeah. for sure yeah like 1966 on a tv budget and like we're again we're taking for granted the fact that, like we think about using the transporter effect and like i can do that on my iphone now like it's so easy to do yeah. right they were they had to make all this shit up as they were going on. like how, how do you do that effect you're layering three different like you're layering two shots like you're doing the transition between two shots plus an optical that's going on over top of it, like the, the transporter effect. It's mm-hmm. a mind-boggling amount of work, especially when you take out the fact like these fuckers aren't doing this with a Mac. You know what I mean? Like it's all happening by hand and yeah. camera and stuff. So uh, it's like intense yeah. work. But yeah, yeah, I do. I agree. Like the effects do not hold up particularly well. But I'm, I'm kind of like I have this weird soft spot for that. Like 
paper mache rocks and like yeah sticky oh geez those those rocks were m- not meant to be blown up to hd my friend they were very no, much not was, you know, it's funny um <laughs> we were like we were prepping to do this episode so we've been watching these episodes but i let my netflix kind of run so a couple episodes went on and i was watching i think it was galileo 7 and they're like they're supposed to have these giant savages that are throwing these massive spears that are clearly made out of fiberglass and bouncing all over the set and stuff. But there's one that gets pitched and like all of the fucking, the rocks on the set are clearly just like the standard fiberglass. Yeah. Like the styrofoam. And so like they pitch this styrofoam fucking spear at Spock as he's carrying like the crewman back to the shuttle or whatever. And the rock hits or like the spear hits the rock right next to Spock's face. Probably could have killed him if it had actually hit him or been heavy enough to do any damage. It basically just like shatters the top of the fucking styrofoam rock. And you see like yellow foam go everywhere. I was like, oh man, I love this shit so much. It's so fucking cheesy. Because he even looks back. He's seeing Nemo. I look back like, what the fuck? And then I keep walking. I'm like, this is great. It's so good. I love it. And that's the remastered version. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't bother to fucking edit out. that out. They're, they're... <laughs> There was also the the battle on Talos, or not Talos, but one of the ones that they're projecting into Pike's mind where, with that savage or whatever, where Pike has like some sort of weapon that's got something on the end that's supposed to be metal, but he jabs him with it, and you can see it like bend and flop. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's definitely rubber. It's like flopping around on them and stuff. I'm like, this is great. Like, I love this shit. Like, it's so cheesy, like so cheap. It's definitely like I, I get people that say like I can't watch this because like it takes a lot to buy into, but if you can buy into it, like yeah, there's so a lot fun. there to love. And that's the thing, like I when I'm watching this stuff, like I'm laughing at the effects because like they're cheesy and shit, and it's the sixties. But like I, I'm so captivated by the story and like the world of Star Trek that I'm like I don't care about yeah. any of that crap. Exactly, it was always a show driven yeah, driven by writing, right? Like, and they say that all the time. Like the Starship Enterprise is like a vehicle for dreams. Like it's it's where your imagination is supposed to take you. Like that's what the ship's supposed to do. I think that's the most fucking like optimistic upbeat thing you've ever said. <laughs> and that's the funny part. Like that, I want I want you to note the irony here that like I'm me. And, like, my favorite fucking franchise in the world is Star Trek. I love this shit. Like, nothing else. Yeah. So, like, that's the weird dichotomy that is your host, guys. Like, is Mark. <laughs> Super dour. But, like, what was I doing all day today? I just yeah. watched fucking episodes of Star Trek all day. Because I love it. And I love Captain <laughs> Kirk and stuff. So. Yeah. But, yeah, it was it was really cool to see, like, that early version of the, of the, uh, the sets and everything. But... Holy shit, am I glad that they recast most of the roles before yeah. actually filming the series? Because this crew, like Pike's good, Spock's good. Even Majel Barrett as number one was was interesting. Those yeah. three I could have like lived to see a little bit more of them interacting, which which we're fucking getting now. It sounds like we're getting, so yeah. Woo-hoo. Uh, Mark- Anyway, like, whole, holy shit, the rest of those characters oh, yeah. had like no chemistry whatsoever with them. Like, especially that that early version of, of the doctor is yeah. so bad. Yeah. And it's funny. Uh, I want to talk about that, too, because like the, the transition for going from the pilot, which is obviously like lots of tropes and like like you're, you're doing broad strokes trying to get people invested in these characters very quickly. And so you're not giving them a lot of details it's like that's the doctor. That's our weird alien dude who we don't even say is a Vulcan. And all that kind of stuff. And yeah. hey, look, our second in command's a lady. How messed up is that? Like you're you're doing all that stuff in the pilot. But then you shift, like we shift quickly to like the menagerie's uh episode twelve and thirteen, I think, of season one. I didn't I should have written that down, but it's like it's it's a fair chunk in to the actual run of the series, like with Kirk, um, with Shatner. And like you can it feels like a completely different show almost. Like, I mean, it's still the Enterprise and the sets are still 
the same, but like even the way they shoot it, the cage is shot in a very muted kind of almost looks like it was ready for black and white kind of fashion. Whereas mm. you shift into like the actual TOS that we all know and love. And it's like, holy shit, Technicolor, like everything's bright red. Everything's backfilled with magenta, like effects. If we're going to talk about effects, like the difference, even just in the cinematography is like kind of crazy between like what they wanted to do originally. Oh yeah. And like what they yeah. kind of ended up doing in the Shatner, like actual series. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I don't, is there anything else to say about the cage aside from like, Oh, I got another like page of notes on the cage. See, I have a lot of notes on like both these episodes, but, like <laughs> bring up whatever you want to bring up. I mean, tying it back to discovery, Anson Mount, uh, I, you know, I hadn't, again, I hadn't watched this in a few years. Anson Mount is doing a solid impression without doing like a straight up like mockery yeah. of Jeffrey Hunt as Captain Pike. Who I like actually quite a bit. Um, like I was like watching this again and like, uh, this is the only episode you ever really get of the Jeffrey Hunter or Jeffrey Hunt. Is it Hunter Hunter? Either Hunter, way. Hunter, Captain Pike. But I'm like, I kind of like this guy. He's a little, he's more jaded, obviously. And like, that's the one thing they downplay in the discovery version of the character is that like, he's not quite to this point. Like, I want to quit kind of yet. Yeah. But I guess that would kind of mean he looped back around to not being that way because Talos has already happened in his timeline. Just the menagerie has. We'll get into it. We'll talk about it. Maybe this episode gave him a new lease on life or a new outlook on his time in Starfleet or something like that because he was, you know, ready to quit. He was, yeah. He was in Starfleet here and then, yeah. I did like, I did like the Chekhov's gun of like he has that conversation with the proto bones. And then, like, everything yeah. that he mentions comes up in his fantasies later. Like, it's all... Oh, yeah, like, yeah. It's like script writing yeah. 101, right? Like, he talked about this stuff early. And, of course, that conversation's hilarious because, like, it basically builds, like, a bunch of Star Trek tropes inside. It's, like, it's so weird because you're in the pilot and it's, like, a conversation that's kind of throwaway that you're going to forget about. But, like, Rigel 7, they mention. Rigel's, like, they name Rigel as a planet basically every second episode of Star Trek from the original yeah. series till the end of Voyager. Like it's caught, they always say Rigel. So like that's them starting that. And then the Orion thing, like they mentioned the Orion syndicate right at the top. Mm-hmm. I would, the, that kind of threw me off when I was rewatching it. I'm like, oh man, that's not like a original series thing. I'm like, that's right. The, the original green dancing Orion girl is actually Vina. Oh yeah. Uh, it's yep. Vina and green paint uh, from the pilot. So like that shot that was in the closing credits of that girl was actually from the pilot that most people probably never even saw. Yeah, well, then right there, that's first, even before the first episode ever aired, we have the trope of a Enterprise captain wanting to fuck a green alien. Well, we can talk about that. I don't... <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny? I was watching one of the other episodes, and it was like that one where like he finds... Oh, fuck, it's the, the Shakespearean actor, because Shakespearean Star Trek. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they find he's, he yeah. was like some king, or like he killed a bunch of people or something like that. And, and like, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, that, that trope with Captain Kirk, like, that's not true. First thing he does, he's trying to fuck that guy's daughter. And I was like, all right, (laughs) you know what? Whatever, man. And well, and there's some problematic, like treatment of women in the, in the cage, especially that, that is edited out in uh, the menagerie. Like the, the exchanges between Pike and the female crew, like Pike flat out saying, I just can't get used to having a woman on the bridge. Yeah, that was so, and that's so weird. With, with the yeoman and then saying oh but you don't count number one i was like oh god you just made it worse yeah, totally totally made it worse <laughs> yeah and like i mean like, that's like i knew it was gonna come up and it's one of those like hey it's 1966 shit was like <laughs> very different back then. yeah but it is stuff like even i can't like i catch stuff like that and i'm like it's funny about the show uh that episode specifically that like the discontinuity that they have to pull 
is so bad where they're just basically like you're getting the broad strokes and hand waving around everything, including the sexism. Like the one thing I did notice in the cage, nobody really gets super racist with Spock. That doesn't happen until the actual series. Like the anti-Vulcan yeah. comes up with like on Kirk's Enterprise all the time. But on this one, for some reason, no, everybody's cool, takes his orders, listens to his story. No problems. Yeah. So that was kind of weird. With the female shit. With the female yeah. shit. Yeah. That was so like <laughs> this episode literally treats the females on the crew as sex objects to be bred with. Yeah. yeah. Like both, <laughs> both number one and the yeoman are revealed by the Telotians to have fantasized about over Pike. Yeah. Like they say, we've, we can see your thoughts. We know that you want this and shit like yeah. that. It's like, what? <laughs> and then, I mean, even though the scientists that, you know, were presumably crash landed on the planet ended up being an illusion. Like there's a pretty heavy implication that those old dudes were just running a decades long train on Vina. Or Vina. Like just, just the knowing glances. It's no wonder <laughs> she fell for Pike so hard when he showed up. Cause he's like, he's so noble compared to like everybody else. She's had to deal with her entire life. Yeah. Especially when you like, you don't get a lot of the Jeffrey Hunter one, but like I'm basically in love with the Anson Mount Captain Pike, so I'm totally there with her. You know what I mean? Like I'm like I'm like I get it. He is gorgeous, and like <laughs> I'm I'm there for it. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about my crush on Anson Mount next week, probably more, but <laughs> for now, <laughs> yeah. And then the Telotians, my my preferred take on them is, uh, I mean, you get those shots of like some dude in a bird suit and shit like that in their menagerie. Like I'm basically choosing to believe that. The, the, they were not collecting these people or beings to like repopulate the planet, but that they were collecting space furries for sex games. Oh, is that what your theory was? Because like, yep. Okay, I'm there for it. That's cool. It explains <laughs> why Starfleet, you know, imposes a ban on like going to Talos because like, yeah, it's where it's where the freaky sex like, shit happens. You don't want to go to the weird freaky sex ship or like planet, right? That's, that's you don't want it. That's the that's. That's that uh, next generation planet where, uh, where, yeah, where where Wesley falls into oh. a greenhouse and then gets gets like tried for to, like with a penalty of yeah. death or some Edo. shit. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. early season one. <laughs> that would be fun to talk. We'll have to do that sometimes. Like get into the early episodes of TNG. Just be like, wow, this is fucking. There's something wrong here. Like there's just Tasha Yar yeah. and. Yeah. Worf is like not really <laughs> Worf yet, like just kind of like Klingon dude in the background, you know, like that. It's yeah, awesome. yeah. No, I mean, one of the things I was impressed with were the makeup effects for this time, and those actually held up pretty well, especially those like pulsing veins and stuff in the Telotian, the prosthetic Telotian yeah. heads. Uh, that actually was pretty effective. Yeah, I like the uh, the Telotian. They have a cool effect too, where they the the actors are women in the costumes and stuff like that, but the voice they're voiced over by like modulated male voices. They give them that really weird alien kind of androgynous feel. Really, the main the main one sounded like a female. Voice. Uh, that might actually have been the, the that actress is actually like a named actress. I don't know who she is because like sixty six. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I can't remember. Like. She looked yeah. familiar. I feel like I have seen her in other I, stuff. They may have used her actual voice, but even like I'm pretty sure I was reading notes and it was like, yeah, they they redubbed a lot of the the female voices with male voices to make it kind of more weird and alien, and not so they can yeah. just pay the women half. I'm sure, like, I'm, which I'm sure they did anyway, because uh, it was 1966. Yeah. Georgia Schmidt was the yeah. Actress. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to think of anything else to talk about, like in terms of the cage itself. <laughs> well, you have- while I'm talking about makeup. The makeup overall looked pretty good. 
but they made Spock look kind of jaundice on this episode. Like he was real yellow. Everybody else looked kind of normal skin tone. That doesn't real make sense if his blood is green. I mean, honestly, if his fucking blood is green, he should look yeah. green. Like that's why yeah. we look pink is because our fucking blood is red. Hey man, and- <laughs> uh, when you find an actor that's got green fucking blood, why don't you send him to CBS? Because I'm sure <laughs> they would really like to have him play a Vulcan. Because it'd be easier to just like smack around and get. Well, there's that. There's that Smurf dude that uh, what took too much like colloidal silver and now he's blue forever. Well, actually, there's multiple people that have done that. Wait, is that an actual thing? I thought that was stupid. like a thing. That oh yeah, did, yeah. Like God of War as a joke. Like I didn't think that was actually like a real. Nope. Thing. They actually turned blue from the silver. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. It's a thing. What else? The other major like sort of issue that hasn't really aged well for me is the whole like, oh, Vina's actually disfigured. How could anybody possibly love her and want to like <laughs> be with somebody that is that disfigured and weird? And that's pretty fucking yeah. superficial. <laughs> that has not aged real well. There's also the concept, like, especially once you get like, we loop back around we're, and we're going to do this, right? Like we're way back into like discovery land where they show the technology of the 23rd century being so ridiculously advanced that I'm like, just bring her back to the ship. I bet you the doctor could fix her now. Like, yeah, it's exactly. Star Trek times. Like you guys are on Star Trek, remember? Like you guys have yeah. Star Trek ships that can fix people. No, but only only Discovery apparently has all of the advanced technology. Yeah, not we'll get into not the that. fucking flagships at like any of the twelve yep. Constitution class. Nope, Discovery does. Though. Anyway, <laughs> oh yeah, we're good. overall yeah. like it's a classic Trek episode. Like Pike reasoning out the purpose yeah. of the aliens. You know, debating and reasoning with them for the most part, rather than fighting them. I like the there is a point where like he's he's figured out that like the anger kind of masks his thoughts from them, but he keeps mm-hmm. he's he's talking and he's reasoning and trying to figure out like just what their thing is. And there's this nice little beat where like the 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 Talosian will not stop talking about Vina and like how he's supposed to fall in love with her and like why it's not working and this and the other thing. And he just keeps talking about the other thing and he finally just like throws his fucking hands up and is like, "Fine, let's talk about the fucking girl." All right, like can we just, like let's just get it over because that's all the other ones. Talk. I don't know why, but that beat caught me. I'm like, that's weird. Like that's a very modern beat in what has been like a very kind of staged '60s show. There's this one moment where he's yeah. like, "Oh, fine, fuck what? Like we just, fine, what? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, she's hot. I don't know what you want me to say. Like I get it. I don't know. It's very strange. It's like, but it was like my yeah. the one beat in the episode where I was like, huh, he feels like a human to me all of a sudden. So <laughs> yeah, and then it does, of course introduce the now legendary concept trope of even though it doesn't happen of they do mention like the possibility of being teleported into something solid which from then on every star trek fan is gonna is like watching and waiting for that to happen and then it happens multiple times over the Uh, various series i know i mean they they don't actually show the it like as an effect until like well, they don't show it necessarily, but like they use that as a, a trope, yeah. as a story, a story note, as you know, a reason why we can't beam down to this planet where we don't have topographical data, et cetera, et cetera, or et just cetera. a reason for Bones to be super paranoid because that's what he does, and he's yeah. awesome. So we'll yeah. talk about him in a minute. But yeah, so like that's kind of the cage in a nutshell. Like I'm trying to think if there's anything else we should talk about aside from like the weird, like it's just like the the it, if you had never seen it and you're a Trek fan. It's an it's an interesting time capsule of like what Trek, what especially considering what Roddenberry wanted Trek to be originally, because this is like what we got was kind of the revision version of Star Trek, because this is what he wanted the show to be like. He wanted it to be Pike on the Enterprise, being Captain Pike, and if that 
pilot had gone through the way that happened, we wouldn't have the franchise we have right now. Probably wouldn't have got to Discovery and like looped back around to these original episodes, which is kind of like the reason why I wanted to do this because it's kind of a weird thing where like we've gotten all the way to the end of the show in 2019, but they've gone back and looped to the beginning. So why don't we loop back and talk about these weird episodes of a show that happened 50 years ago? So let's move on to the menagerie, which is not like there's a ton of difference, but I just like I feel like this is a nice opportunity to a kind of close the loop on what we're going to talk about with Discovery like next week, like at least the Captain Pike side of the story. And also, we've never really had a chance to sit down and just like shoot the shit about like the original series Star Trek, like in detail, which I am. I mean, obviously, we've just talked about like how nostalgic, like how much I love this show. But it's like moving from that original pilot to the like the the show proper. And you get the power trio and like the supporting cast is mostly there minus checkoff because the season two craziness. But like, it's just such a different show. And I feel immediately at home as soon as I yeah. get into like Kirk and Spock doing Kirk and Spock stuff. Yeah. Bantering and like those yeah. three guys bantering. Like you could basically not do anything else on the show and just have the three of them sitting on the bridge bitching at each other for an hour. And I'd be like, I'm fucking in. Let's do this. This is going to be awesome. I want to watch that. Let's do this. Yeah. And I just like the, the chemistry of that show. And they, it was one of those things where eventually I didn't get it at the time where people were bitching. Cause I didn't like, I was a kid. I didn't understand why people were complaining about next gen, not having these guys on it, but it's like this many years later. And like knowing these characters the way I do, I can kind of go like, think back to that, like 1987 period where they're like, Hey, we're going to relaunch star Trek, but like none of these characters are coming along for the ride being like fucking, why would you even make star Trek without Kirk and Spock? Like that's stupid. Their love story is the love story of the ages. So, like, what's the point of doing Star Trek without it? Yeah, and then, I mean, well, think back to watching this originally, right? And, you know, that was what you'd come to know and want and love of these characters, although Star Trek wasn't really popular on Not its first all. run. But the the people the people that were watching it, you know, and, and considered it, like, must-see TV or whatever, and then you get two episodes in a row where, like, who the fuck are these people, like... I recognize Spock, but what the hell is all the rest of this? Like everything looks uh, weird. The Enterprise is you boring, get like, and like the outfit looks like shit. There's like n- there's no bones. There, is he even in it? I don't think he's in it. There's no fucking Scotty in in the menagerie. In the menagerie? Oh no, uh, bones in the menagerie for sure. Because he, um, they make mention of it. Actually, there's a callback to it in Discovery. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he gets called back because of like, and he makes a joke about. Oh, what does he say? Like a a hangnail or something like that. Mm. That's what it is. It's like, it's like, oh, it's probably a hangnail. I'll report back to you because he's talking to Kirk and he goes back up to the ship and that's when like the Enterprise leaves orbit of the Starbase or whatever with Spock and Bones on board and Kirk gets on the shuttle to follow them kind of thing. Yeah. But they do make the joke like way later in Discovery where like Reno goes in to talk to Culber about their like Culber and Stamets's relationship and she walks in and she, he's like, she's like, what's wrong with you? Or he's like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, oh, I have a hangnail. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They did a little callback to it. I was like, ah, that's awesome. Yeah. Good for you guys. Yeah. Right. I don't know if anybody else got that on the first view, yeah. but I did. I was like, oh, wait, that's from the... All right, I got it. Yeah. Good, good, good on but you. But then, okay, so yeah, a little, little bit of bones, but no, no, like, no Chekhov, no Sulu, no Scotty. Uh, no, Scotty's not there. A little Uhura's bit of Uhura, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's, it's early season one, so they haven't really, like, established it. They've got the three... And Uhura's become like the bridge bunny because everybody loves Uhura, especially early on. They just liked having her on the bridge all the time. Yeah. And why would you not? <laughs> but uh, yeah, like the show was built around, like rebuilt around Shatner, Nimoy, and uh, DeForest Kelly. Yeah. Who like does not get, I mean, everybody always talks about Kirk and Spock. And like 
for good reason because they're iconic characters. But like, oh, I love Bones. Bones is my favorite character on the original Star Trek because like everything's a snide comment. You know what I mean? Like he's just like the most human kind of dickish character. But like you just love him because you just love him. He's Bones, man. So yeah, yeah. He's like yeah. He, McCoy's always been my like quietly stealth favorite Star Trek character just because he's the most human and like he always gets the best reactions. He always he gets the best lines also, which continued into the Kelvin reboot. Cause you had Carl Urban, you know, yeah. Carl Urbaning everywhere. She's so fucking <laughs> awesome. Dude. Doing very much a, uh, Oh, she's a, just a straight up Forrest impression. Of, yeah. Oh yeah. And why would you not force Kelly? Like one of the greats, man. Like yeah. he's so good as McCoy. <laughs> oh, I miss him. I miss him. I was like, that's it, it's basically like when he shows up is when it starts to feel like Star Trek to me. Always. I remember watching the original movies and it was like, Where's Bones? And as soon as he shows up, I'm like, nice. Now we're now we're cooking with fucking, you know, gas because Bones is here and he's gonna say shitty things to everybody. <laughs> but either way, so like let's let's roll back. We'll actually talk about the plot of this episode and then get out of here real quick. Cause we've been talking for like an hour and fifteen minutes already. It's crazy. <laughs> Just me rambling about Star Trek. It's like the it's almost like it's like the continuation to the cage in a weird way, even though like they have to edit it to make it the continuation to the cage, kind of, where they've how does it work? They get signaled to come to Starbase, right? And yep. so they show up there. But they didn't send a signal. And they didn't send a signal. And like first time uh they beam down to the ship or beam down to the surface. I love this bit because it's so Shatner. Or it's so like Kirk. He, they beam down to the thing. He's like Yeoman or whoever she is supposed to be uh tells him that they didn't send the signal. And he's like super nonplussed by it and is way more interested in staring and at banging her. her. <laughs> like real creepily. Yeah, and he does it for, like the whole episode. He's like, they're just eye fucking each other. Like, and, and honestly, <laughs> I shouldn't even say he's leering at her because she stops and just fucking gawks at him too, right? Like, yeah. they just stare at each other for like the entire episode. I hope he went back and boned down because, like, she was like, they were both just giving off the vibes all over the place. But again, Kirk, man, what are you gonna do? Ladies love him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they go in and talk to. I, did they say Admiral or Commodore or Fleet Captain? Uh, Commodore. Yeah, Commodore, which is a rank that never exists again outside the original series. But okay, <laughs> that's fine. The Commodore tells him again, nobody signaled them to come to that star base. But while you're here, Captain Pike, the guy who you replaced, has been in a horrific accident. Have you not heard about it? Let's go see him. And we get to see the Captain Pike that we we just watched an hour of on the cage. But we not the same actor, obviously, because not going to be able to afford Jeffrey Hunter, who was actually a pretty relatively large movie star, was slumming it to do that pilot, kind of, was not coming back to sit in a chair and be polite for two episodes. So yeah, uh, they got a replacement and made somebody up to look like him. I do like, this is my next point where I really like it, because when they reveal Pike, everybody gets their own reaction shot. And like slow, hold on reaction shots from Kurt, Spock, McCoy. And it's like, this is an awkward minute and a half where you're just yeah. knocking at this poor man yeah it's been a horrible been accident horribly disfigured <laughs> yeah which... and i was just gonna stand there staring at them all three yeah. of you for like five minutes because i'm not this like big big star wars fan like i'd totally trek. forgotten that this wind ends up being sorry fucking trek fan yeah long week. <laughs> yeah that uh i'd totally forgotten that this ends up being what you know what happens to pike later and and, and I, to the point where I'd even forgot about it when they Pike has like visions of this happening to him in Discovery, which again we'll talk about next week. God, I hated that. That that was the dumb. I, as soon as they went for that, we're gonna talk about it next week because I fucking hated that so much. Like, I <laughs> fucking hated that. I'm like you, like we knew it's enough that we knew. Like 
you didn't have to tell the character that. Like, he didn't need to know that. Like, what a horrific thing to do to a person, like, as a writer. Yeah. Like, dear fucking God, really? You're going to do that to him, too? Oh. At least, you know, Spock's got his back, right? Like, at the end of the day, Spock gets his back. Like, we know at the end, like, things go not great, but, like, it could be a lot fucking worse for him at the end of the day. So. Yeah, indeed. Um, Either way, we're, where we're at in the plot at this point, <laughs> they basically asked everybody else to leave and Spock stays with his old captain. We find out that, and it's kind of a continuity note uh, that factors into Discovery, that Spock served with Pike on Enterprise for 11 years before Kirk took over, which is like, yeah, that's a fucking long run because Kirk only does one well, officially five-year run. Yeah, um, it is, but but Vulcans are, Vulcans are long-lived, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They live like... 200 something years or some shit like that uh yeah approximately like it 200 is the average i guess i think i'd have to look it up i'm sure there's older ones and younger ones and that kind of thing um yeah uh but yeah so we're kind of off to the races now like at this point basically spock kidnaps pike (laughs) kidnaps the whole fucking enterprise (laughs) yeah mutinies and like takes over enterprise and (laughs) again hangnail gets bones to come back (laughs) up to the ship and then fucks off leaving kirk stranded at the star base just like not knowing what the fuck's going on, the poor guy. I wanted to know too. I liked when the Commodore and Kirk both for, have their first interaction. For some reason, they're fucking yelling at each other. Like, did you notice that? That like they start screaming at each other about like a signal. Yeah. Like I was like, why? Like, all right, this is very intense for no reason. So sick. Well, they get they get really intense because Chatner. Yeah. Well, there's definitely. I mean, there's a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> he. It's funny actually. This is one of those episodes where he both overacts and then like severely underacts in equal measure where like sometimes he's almost <laughs> laconic where he's like mm-hmm. reacting to stuff and then other times he's just like yelling at the commodore for fucking no reason <laughs> and it's like wow bill caffeine turn it down man like turn it down yeah either way so kirk and the commodore although not actually the commodore get on a shuttle <laughs> to follow enterprise to talos 4 which they've realized now that like they've kidnapped Pike to take him to Talos, like they're en route to Talos. Um, nobody can figure out which is, why. Which is forbidden. It's the one forbidden planet in all of the Federation, apparently. Yes, by penalty of death, which for like the utopian future Star Trek is like a weird fucking pull. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a weird fucking pull. Yeah. Killing anybody in this universe is kind of like just not something that ever happens. You'll never hear a death penalty mentioned by a Starfleet character, like as a Starfleet law, ever again after this episode yeah. like it never happens ever again it's the only t- thing you can be tried for death yeah, for is going- in the federation although it makes sense like given like their power of illusion they could really fuck things up if well and they did yeah and they did say that like you know they were scared that other species would learn their uh you know it was basically their abilities psychic abilities that cause their world to become the wasteland that it is and their concern that another species would also learn it and would suffer the same fate yeah. so yeah, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, and again, it's just one of those like forgotten phlebotinum things. It's just like you would think yeah. eventually you'd be like, we're against like, oh, I don't know, the founders who really you can only attack psychically unless you wipe out their planet. Maybe we use the Talosians against them. Oh, I forgot about mm-hmm. them. Totally forgot about them. Um, yeah. Although to be fair, they might be extinct. They're probably dead by this I was going to say, they might be by, extinct. By Deep Space Nine. Like, yeah, because that's almost 25th century. Like that's the like the yeah. kick over into the 25th centuries during that show, so. Or at the end of that show. But yeah, it's weird when they forget about stuff like that. It's like the Time Turner and Harry Potter's. Like, that would have fixed everything from the, like <laughs> yeah. the fourth movie on if you just kept that fucking little doodad. Like, where did that, what happened to that thing? Anyway, like the Spore Drive, 
interestingly enough, that we'll be talking about next week. Or like the time machine and Endgame. Or also that, yeah. <laughs> Although we don't know if that's going to have repercussions down the road yet. We definitely know the Spore Drive does not. So, there you go. I will say that tracking shot into the bridge, like I said, looks way better Redone. on the yeah. remastered version in this and everything. But And then, well, I mean, we get to the point where they're basically going back and showing the oh. cage as... Basically, yeah. yeah, as originally aired. I did want to point out, like, Spock beating up those guys on the Starbase. Like, he fucked up, like, four oh, yeah. guys. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, it's very, like... In the, in the computer yeah, room In the communications bay or whatever that's supposed to be, like, in the computer area, yeah. Like, he, he smacks the one dude around, and then he fucking, like... He Vulcan next pinches the guy, but he's got him in, like, a real vicious lock-looking thing first. I'm like, you're supposed to be a pacifist Vulcan. You just yeah. beat the shit out of like four dudes to do your little mutiny thing. <laughs> I'm always curious. Like, I know they kind of wait, hand wave away the mutiny at the end, but does any of the guys who he beat up be like, that guy kicked my ass? Like, can I press fucking assault charges against him? Like, exactly. I have nerve yeah, damage. Like he's now. the first officer of Enterprise and he just beat the shit out of me. Like, can I, there, should there not be charges filed for that? It's interesting hand wave on that one. Really, they just forget about Spock beating up like four guys. Starfleet officers, too, you would yeah. assume, right? Like, Starfleet personnel. Yeah. Anyway, bizarre, bizarre, ridiculous shit show of a romp that this show can be sometimes. That's like just like Trek broad strokes craziness, right? Like mm-hmm. to get to where we need to be, we were going to have Spock, like the emotionless, like logical character, just stomp ass for a couple minutes. No sense. Yeah. Yeah. So like now we're kind of on our way. Basically turns into a cult, a court case where we get to watch the cage on TV on the Enterprise, which is very exciting. Which they never end up fully explaining how that recording existed. Like, Colossians, I assume the Colossians, like, thought broadcast it. Like, beamed it onto that screen. It wasn't actually happening. Or, like, beaming it into everybody's heads, but they were thinking they were seeing it on the screen. I don't know. There's all kinds of weird stuff with the screens. Like, I I wrote it in my notes for uh, the cage, but, like, all the transitions between stuff, even, like, after the Enterprise transition, every time they transition to a new scene, they really, like, move the camera into it like when they transition from like the Telosians watching the crew like you're on the crew and then you zoom back out into like yeah. the frame of them watching the crew so you transition like they really handhold the transitions in that episode which they don't do any at any other point in the series but it's like they're doing it in the pilot to kind of walk people through it real easy yeah well i mean overall there's just a massive difference in production value and cinematography and editing and everything between the cage the and series the proper, series yeah. proper. But yeah, so that basically turns into like, we just talked about the cage. Um, I do like the, like the remake of the effects and stuff like that. And again, like I really enjoyed, we didn't talk about number one at great length, Majel Barrett. I don't never know how to pronounce her first name. Majel? Majel Barrett, um, who ended up being yeah. the wife eventually of Gene Roddenberry, creator of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Also like, and then Loxana Troy. And actually before even that nurse chapel on the original series and the voice of the computer was major barrett also and then yeah the computer basically on every show uh up to and including discovery because they sampled yeah. her voice and they're using it like siri now which means i really need to get siri to have star trek computer voice major barrett's voice yeah yeah because like why not they even like foreshadow like lampshade hang that because vena mentions regarding number one oh yeah the computer thing like when they're talking about yeah they'd have more luck crossing him with a computer because yeah. like she's laid out like this you know cold calculating character or whatever yeah. and i i liked that little nod whether it was designed as a nod at that point or not because she even does the voice for the computer i think in the pilot 
Uh, I don't know about the pilot, but it's it's possible they used her voice. I think she did the voice of the computer on the original series. On, I'd have to TOS. look up. Uh, I'd have to look it up because like the TOS computer changed voices. Jimmy Doohan did it a couple times too. Like they had a male voice other times mm-hmm. that Jimmy Doohan would do. But yeah, once you get to like the movies and next gen, obviously like the computer voice in next gen is all Major Barrett, and then it's a little different on Deep Space because of the Cardassian computers. But like once you get aboard Defiant and stuff like that, it's all Major. And again, Voyager, all Major all the time. Uh, the computer voice, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is, like I said, I think they've sampled her voice and are using her on Discovery, but I'm not entirely sure. I would hope they are because that's kind of like, that's a nice continuity nod that you can do pretty easily, especially in that case where you've sampled the voice and are using it like uh, natural voice kind of synthesis, uh, like a serial yeah. kind of thing. So that's kind of cool if you can do it that way. Yeah. So that's neat. But yeah, she is definitely Loxana Troy. It's kind of funny watching her go from like the uh, very impassive and like, not supposed supposedly non-emotional number one to like playing the nurse who's in love with Spock to like the overly <laughs> emotional like super over the top Major Barrett like Loxana Troy Loxana Troy Loxana yeah. Troy who like you love that character but like every time she shows up on on the show you you do the same suck in of air that Picard does I guess <laughs> or I guess Odo too because she kind of has a big arc with Odo on Deep Space Nine which is a weird weird thing but we can talk about that way later did you know i'm just looking up uh i was looking up doing research on the computer voice did you know that google's assistant project like was initially codenamed google majel because like majel Vera did the yeah did the uh computer voice on star trek and they wanted to make something like that that was also like you know a voice activated kind of thing that's well i mean it makes sense like that that and like again like star trek influenced tons of technology like half the stuff we hold in our hands was on the show first kind of in some form or another and yeah like a natural voice interface star trek showed us that ages ago so yeah obviously it's going to influence the and as star trek always has influenced the engineers who are creating the technology that moves us forward like as a society is on on the whole again the weirdest most positive thing you'll ever hear me say on this podcast and it's just because we're talking about my show (laughs) Why the hell have I not uh, trained my phone to uh, wake up when I say computer in a James Doohan Scottish accent? I have my computer. My I actually have my computer. I have a series of MP3s set up so that the computer, like it wakes me up like the computer on the Enterprise because it just tells you the time. It's like it is now 700 hours and it will just repeat until you mm-hmm. wake up. That's basically what I have my phone set up to do is just the computer voice saying like it is now 0900 hours and like a little like <laughs> Star Trek tone plays and then in like there's three seconds and then it starts again. I have to turn it off. Like that's my alarm. Yeah. But like, for some reason that works as a, like, I've used to use the rocks theme music, which is like intense <laughs> first thing in the morning. For some reason, the enterprise waking me up works perfectly. Like I just snap up. I'm like, all right, time to go, I guess go on duty. I don't know why my brain, like I'm on fucking, like I'm in Starfleet when I wake up and I hear the ship, but there it is. My, my alarm clock is a, uh, my alarm on my phone is a uh, music box playing the theme to the Haunted Mansion. I'm shocked that it's a Disney tourist thing. <laughs> um, as shocked as you all should be that mine's a Star Trek thing. It's actually, yeah. I was I made a note about this like right at the end of my notes because I was watching episodes like just kind of on a loop as I was, we were prepping for this for this week's recording. The tone for the communicator that they use on the original series is my text message tone. So like my phone always <laughs> makes that noise. So whenever it was happening on the fucking show, and it happens a lot in some of the episodes I was watching, I'm like, where's my fucking phone? And I was like, oh, right. This is the show that I stole that sound effect <laughs> yeah. from. So like, duh, duh. But yeah, yeah, I definitely had like a moment where I was like, I don't know where my phone is. And it's beeping a lot. <laughs> Why is my phone beeping so much? Like, I'm not that popular. And I think I had it set to vibrate. But anyway, 
But I was like, all right, show. I'm watching Star Trek. And that's where I stole all my sound effects from. So there's that. <laughs> what else is there to talk about? We're going to get into all the Discovery Pike craziness next week, obviously, because that's probably going to be, I'd assume that will be the point that we will all agree on is the strongest point of Discovery is all the Pike stuff, which means we'll focus on it and then bitch about a bunch of shit. We'll have to see where it goes. I, I still need to rewatch uh, season one. Are you going to rewatch it going into it? Yeah, I figure I might yeah, as well. I, I just did a rewatch. I just did a rewatch. I watched all of it after season two ended and like watched season two again. I'll just watch the finale mm-hmm. one more time before we do that episode. Cause at least that, then I have, I have awesome shit to look at for the entire two hours. Cause everything looks real pretty on that, on that episode. If it makes sense, we'll, we'll have that conversation on the podcast next week, but yep. yeah, it looks fucking beautiful. So anything else we want to talk about in here? Like we get to the end. I like the way they kind of recontextualize the end, although it is a little like it's edited too fast. We're like Pike's clearly still on the ship when they show him having beamed down and stuff like that. But <laughs> where they but they recontextualize the end where like they give Vina a double and send her back into the, yeah. the, the comp the Telosian compound, whereas like they kind of re like they don't show you that in the in the menagerie version of the cage. They use that her walking back into the the compound as like Pike having beamed down and like illusory Pike walking in with yeah. her kind of thing. Which I think is nice and kind of like gives you a nice full circle feeling. If you're like, if you're, if you were yeah, watching, gives you closure yeah, on the character, especially yeah. now if you were watching Discovery and we're like, gee, I wonder what happens to Captain Pike. That looks really fucking harsh. And like you're a yeah. new fan, it's nice that you can. I mean, we're gonna get a TV show. I think at this point that's gonna be you know, basically Star Trek the way it should be right now with Captain Pike on the Enterprise going and discovering new worlds and shit, as opposed to. <laughs> 12 episodes of fucking frantic screaming or whatever the fuck happens on discovery. <laughs> <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. This has been happening too much. I'm not even stoned. <laughs> we were talking about uh, Pike getting sort of his closure, getting his, you know, and an yeah, like if you're story. a new fan, you can go back to like the menagerie. Like you can come watch this and be like, assuming like, if you're assuming like the show kind of was saying before, like they haven't announced anything yet. Right. Like we don't know if there's a new show happening, but before that, you'd be like, oh, shit, I wonder what happens to Captain Pike. They kind of gave us a hint that something fucking awful is going to happen to him. I wonder how it ends. You do have an ending. Like, you can go mm-hmm. right now and watch the Menagerie. And, like, yeah, you got to get over 60s, like, Star Trek look and feel and stuff <laughs> like that. And you got to kind of got to deal with Shatner, like, Shatner-ing, I guess, a lot. But <laughs> you do get a nice complete story for Pike just using those, like, if you use the cage and then watch Discovery and then watch the Menagerie, you get, he's got a pretty good arc as a character there, which I think is kind of a cool thing that discovery managed to do. And I will give them props for that is like taking and very respectfully handling the Pike character and like not fucking up the timeline egregiously and like paying respectful homage to like what the character had already done and where he was going to end up going. Even if I don't necessarily agree that like giving him a vision of how fucking horrible he's going to end up is a great thing to do to him as a writer, but neither here nor there. There it is. I agree. So that's kind of like our, our preview episode for Star Trek Discovery next week, where we talked about like, or I basically rambled about TOS for 90 minutes at you guys. So Tim, you got anything else you want to, uh, you want to impart on the good people before we do geek cred and get the fuck out of here? No, not so much. I just, like I said, these are both definitely classic Trek and there, there are some dregs in first. Well, in in the TOS overall, but this is definitely sort of cream of the crop kind of stuff. Yeah, the Menagerie is a very strong like two part. I think it's the only two parter of the original series too. But it's a very strong episode considering like how much. I mean, they do a lot of 
they write themselves around in loops a little bit, trying to keep the uh, the court drama aspect of it going for no reason yeah. when they could just like let it play, but they keep stopping it and blah 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 to like add tension. But other than that, yeah. like it, it holds up pretty well. And like if you're interested in Star Trek outside, like if you've just started watching Star Trek on Discovery or something like that, and you kind of want to get a, a feel for the franchise as a whole, like what we like fans of the franchise like see as the franchise as a whole, it's kind of a neat little time capsule to go back even if you just go watch the menagerie and kind of get like close your loop on pike it's kind of a mm-hmm. neat thing to do and i have to say you know every time i watch the original series i forget how heavily the bongos play in the fucking theme oh yeah yeah <laughs> holy shit <laughs> it's very much very much the uh the desi lu yeah. uh production company yeah. coming through there yeah. i feel like that probably is uh Desi Arnaz on the fucking bongos. It may, it may very well be it. Like uh, Lucy, <laughs> I wish I could remember her last name right now. Ball, Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball. Yeah, was actually hugely influential in getting Star Trek on the air because of that. Yeah, video. it doesn't get made without her. Yeah. It was their production company, yeah. Desi Lu, that that put it on. And she fought for the show for like a long time. Like she was the reason why I got a second pilot. Uh, I guess she was like very high on the show and wanted it to happen and stuff like that. So this franchise, like we owe this franchise to Lucille Ball. Weirdly enough, so there you go. And yeah. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get out of here. We're going to talk way more Star Trek next week, and we're going to have Angry Paul next week because <laughs> he was real irate about this stuff, unfortunately. But you know, one day I'll, I'll one day I'll put him in front of something that he likes. I'm struggling with that lately. Like every time I seem to like, hey, you want to watch this? He watches it. And he's like, I fucking hate you, and I'm like, <laughs> it started with that fucking Alice in Chains album on the other podcast. Ever since then, man. Ever since then, man. I don't know. All right, Tim, geek cred. What's your geek cred for this week? Uh, I'm going to bring it back full circle to my geek of the week. So I've been having a very walking deady a couple of weeks. So because I wanted, I was going to that studio tour. I started finally getting caught up on walking dead. Cause I was, I think like two seasons behind. I hadn't really started watching even season eight, let alone season nine. Nice. So I tried to watch as much as I could before I went on that studio tour. Cause I knew shit was going to be spoiled for me. Mm-hmm. And some shit was, but I was okay with it. I knew going into it. But then I got to the point in the TV show where I was like, fuck, I, this is past where I am in the comics, <laughs> okay. which hasn't happened for like three years. Cause yeah. I've, I was, I'd read way ahead in the comics. Yeah. I'd read basically through the end of all at war and season eight finishes up the all at war story. Wait, arc, and now we're in like the, they're that far into the show. Like they've gone, oh, man, they must've skipped a ton of shit. eh? Yeah, there is some stuff that they've skipped. Oh, I mean, there's characters that are gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that, but I mean, like, there's big arcs. It sounds like they would have skipped entirely. But it, uh, well, I mean, maybe. Wait. Well, I mean, All at War is the end of end of Negan and the Saviors, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that was basically season eight was All at War, and now season nine is like the time after with like the time jump and everything. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and they're just uh, now starting to get into the whispers in like season five or. Nine. Uh, Episode like, yeah, episode like five or six of season nine. Uh, And so I'd realized like, yeah, I haven't, I've not read the whispers yet. So I sat down with like my big, I've been reading Walking Dead and the big omnibuses, the big hardcovers that are oversized, um, which are shit to travel with. So I never end up taking them with me when I'm traveling (laughs) for work. But because I haven't been traveling for work, I've been sitting at home and fucking Walking Dead. If you haven't read it, you can burn through like six issues in like half an hour or less kind of thing. I remember the last time I did a reread, I think it was, it was the whispers had just ended and I was like, you know, I'm going to read from like issue one. Cause it's like a weekend bomb of like a, like a reading project. Right. Cause they burned through so mm. fast. I was done in a day. I did 150 yeah. issues in a day of reading. I was like, holy shit. 
it took me a day to read 27 issues of planetary like just considering like yeah. in the density of the two books but like yeah it's yeah. crazy like you can rip through walking dead the comic it's always funny because like yeah. i fucking love that comic so much i hate that show i can't talk about that show or watch it <laughs> but i fucking love that comic like i would love to do an episode yeah. about that comic at some point and not talk about the show at yeah. all just to infuriate shows like fans of the show because we'd just be like yeah i watched the first season man it's fine this fucking comic though oh boy like so good <laughs> yeah so now i'm through what would it be end of the six compendium or six omnibus each omnibus has i think 24 issues in it because it collects like four of the trades so i would be at what 96 plus 48 like 136 issues or something like that in now so, and I have the seventh uh, omnibus here, so I'll start on that probably in the next uh, couple of days or so. So, but yeah, great, great fucking shit. Different, different vibe in some ways than the show. I like both in their own way. But if you are a fan of the show, I definitely recommend checking out the comics. Don't fucking try and find them in single issues anymore. Oh yeah, Just yeah, that was read them, read them digitally, yeah. or or get some some of the collected editions. Yeah, I've heard the single issues of Walking Dead are basically like like the only comic that are like rare and hard to find these days. Like they're they're they tend to be the ones that are like uh the collectors are really seeking them out right now. Yeah, the the early yeah. ones, you know, the print runs would have been so fucking low. I had some of those. I wonder if I still have those because I got into Walking Dead because I was reading Invincible before Walking Dead ever started. I've been a Kirkman fan mm-hmm. since Battle Pope. And I'm pretty sure I started Walking Dead like as it started. So I might have the first like 20 issues before I like, I kind of gave up reading singles and like switched to trades. Um, so yeah. I might have those. I should look at my long boxes that I still have and see what's there. It is worth quite a bit. Let's go take a look. As for me, I've been like just work. I'm working on a project right now that I'm going to talk to you guys about probably in the next couple of weeks, but I cannot talk about right <laughs> now. But what I've been doing while I am drawing, and because it's a drawing project, a big drawing project, Tim's seen a lot of it, so he can tell you how awesome it is, but he can't tell you anything about it. It is because spoilers. Nope. But I've been so I've just had my Spotify running like fucking crazy. Do you remember the band Helmet? Yep. I never really got into Helmet, which is surprising because they're right up my alley. Like it's super like grindy guitars and like groove based kind of hard rock. And they kept popping up in playlists. Like I would end listening to a Soundgarden record and like Helmet would pop on or same thing with like Nine Inch Nails. So they just kept popping up. And I was like, huh, I kind of like this stuff. So I put it on. Well, now I'm hooked. So if you have Spotify and like that kind of hard rock that you hear me talk about all the time and you're not a Helmet fan, you are now you should go listen to them. They're very, very good. Me and my brother-in-law have just been like working on, we're working on another project. Like we're doing stickers and stuff for like a Instagram thing he's working on. And I had it on and he's like, I've never heard of the, like never really listened to these guys. They're actually a lot better than whatever. I'm like, yeah, it's weird. Cause like they were on every soundtrack from the nineties and I never caught on like at all. Yeah. And now I'm like 20 years too late, but here I am found a new band. So yeah, helmets, it's, it's pretty good. So enjoy that. That's about it for me this week, though. Uh, you got anything else you want to want to wrap up before we get the fuck out of here for the week? No, I don't think so. Just, uh, I guess, go watch Discovery if you want to discuss with us next week. Yeah, so like next week, we will definitely finally be doing Discovery. I know we promised it this week, and then we lied to you and did original series craziness. So I apologize for that. But we will be back next week uh, with the full three-man team. Paul will be back, and we will get into our review of Star Trek Discovery. Expect much grousing. And me trying to like at least find some good in there because it is still Star Trek. So that's what spoilers for next week are. Um, <laughs> so for this week, though, for episode 145, I've been Mark. I've been here with Tim. 
So say goodnight, Tim. Live long and prosper. Awesome. Peace and long life. If you haven't, you can subscribe to the Dance Robot Dance via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or we are now on Spotify. And it is working again. I know we had a little issue last week. Uh, I got it fixed. So don't worry about that. We're back on Spotify. Everything's up to date. If you want to talk to us and talk about Star Trek, which would be awesome, uh, you can do so by hitting up Facebook, facebook.com slash Dance Robot Dance Podcast, or via Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. I understand Tim has been taking over that Twitter account, and you should see more postings on there shortly. So that's very exciting. And if you are not a social media fan and literally nobody on this podcast would blame you for that and you want to talk to us anyway, you can simply email us at dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail.com and we will get back to you if we have to. So there's that. Live long and prosper, motherfuckers. Let's get out of here. Bye. Engage, guys. Actually, no. Fuck that. What you're supposed to say now is hit it because that's Pike's thing. Pike's hit it. Right? <laughs> not engaged. Yeah. So we'll see you next week for uh, Star Trek Discovery. We are very excited. We hope you all have a awesome week. Go watch some Star Trek, guys. Like it's all on Netflix. So uh, all of it, like all of it, except for the movies and Discovery. So the best of it's on fucking Netflix. So there you go. <laughs> all right, guys, have a good week. We'll see you later. Live long and prosper. Hit it. <laughs>